Hi, this is Jonathan, and I play the human wizard, Jonathan the Magimuscular. Hi, I'm Jack. I play Trevancore, a half-elf Beastmaster Ranger. Hi, this is John. I play your half-orc barbarian, Carlton Tanks. Hi, this is Julia. I play the rock gnome cleric, Bernice Q. Burns. And I am Lauren, a.k.a. Obocrazy, your humble DM, and welcome to Dungeon Drunks. This episode is sponsored by Polymorph Crafts. Visit polymorphcrafts.com to learn about their high-quality, compact, and affordable tabletop accessories. Distinguished Adventurers last time on Dungeon Drunks. On their way back to the surface, after their encounters with the cave dragon's lair, Jonathan suddenly sees his friends as monsters and attacks them. Fortunately, he is quickly subdued, and the new sword he attuned to is suspected to be the culprit. Finally emerging from the Undermountain, the group attempts to lie about their encounters below to Brunmilly, the owner of the weapon store they made the initial deal with. However, he sees through their ruse, and the group agrees to return the next day with the spoils and more information. Now exhausted, filled with questions, but alive and successful, the group heads back to the Golden Rock Tavern to finally rest for the evening. And that is where we begin tonight. Welcome to Dungeon Drunks. I'm your DM Lauren, also known as Obo Crazy, and tonight I have more tea. But I am drinking some of the tea and absinthe tea that I got at PAX. So this is the Irish Whiskey Cream Tea, which I've had quite a bit and is delicious and have added Jack Daniels Whiskey to. So I have Irish Whiskey Cream Tea with, with whiskey, and it is lovely and it brings me joy. Jonathan, what are you drinking? And it's Jonathan. I play Jonathan the Magimuscular, and tonight I'm not going to kill my party, or try to. At least that's the plan. <laughs> uh, I am also drinking uh, my final new entry to the Cider Wars for a little while. This is Ace Space Cider. It is a bloody orange craft cider. It comes in at a, at nine grams of sugar uh, per serving. So it is a little more than the uh, Joker and the... Uh, it's about on the same level as a pear. And we're going to find out how it tastes right now. Ooh, live drinking. I love it. Here comes the flavor. It's not bad. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's unfiltered, so it's a it's a bit raw. It's not terribly sweet. It's a bit dry, so for all you dry cider fans out there, uh, this, is, this is great. I love it. And uh, tonight's shot of Fireball to be consumed at the first casting of Fireball or the equivalent spell thereof goes to... Friend of the show, Nefertiti. Yes, uh, Nefertiti is a great friend of ours. Uh, just about everyone on the show. We love him. We love seeing him at events, and we can't wait to see you soon. So, Nefertiti, this shot of fireball is for you. Or some or some spell of fireball. May some, maybe some... a fireball equivalency. This level yeah. up is for you? Yeah. That too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, once you guys get a long rest, well, but that'll happen shortly. But first... Travancore, what are you drinking? Good people of Faerun. Travancore's choice this evening is once again the Young Brewing Company's Chocolate Peanut Butter Crunch Porter. And it actually has a label that says it's the place where we drink. And uh, I'm pretty happy with this. I, I trust Young Brewing Company. I've had a few of their things. So you might say I trust the process. It's a little nod for you basketball fans out there. <laughs> and that was really good last week. And, and I'm glad that it's back. So I'm going to have to pick some of that up. That sounds really good. Do it. Yeah, and then and then we can leave the the cider wars and start to do the peanut butter porter wars. Peanut butter Ooh. porter wars. Peanut butter porter wars. Would I just be eating peanut butter then? Yes, <laughs> yes. 
yes, can I? Can someone get me alcoholic peanut butter? That would make me so happy. Oh my god! <laughs> they hold out on the side like this, and we got peanut butter mouth. It's like when we oh feed god. it. It's like feeding feeding Carlton peanut butter is going to be something around the lines of feeding a dog peanut butter. They yeah. really enjoy yeah. it, but regret yeah. it at yeah. the same yeah. time. <laughs> Worst audio, but best game ever. Is peanut? Can we make peanut butter an honorary thing that the jug can make? Sure. Yes. <laughs> yes. Right okay. there. Done. I will yep. fill your out with replace. The the vinegar. No, no, Fuck no. vinegar. Nope. Nope. Not replace. We're adding to it. Sweet. Because I believe in offering you guys as many options as possible. And, and but I'm gonna say this: it's crunchy peanut butter. I'm okay with that. You're a monster. On a side note, can I say every time that jar makes mayonnaise, it causes me physical pain? <laughs> we can use it to, like, alarm our area. Like, we'll put down the crunchy peanut butter, and we'll hear enemies approaching by crunch, crunch, oh, crunch, fuck crunch, crunch. Cr- fuck crunchy peanut butter. I was subjected to it as a kid. Whenever I would go over to my, like, my cousin's house, they had the creamy peanut butter, which I loved. And now I refuse to buy anything else as an adult. Or I used to. I love both. For different reasons. The only reason I'm saying that the alchemy jug makes crunchy is because you already have several different viscous fluids that can be used as a slippery type thing. And so I think crunchy will offer you options that say mayonnaise will not. That is what I'm saying. Deal with it. Carlton, what are you drinking? Uh, so we've been doing this for a while now. And you always do the recap and what we're drinking. And I'm so excited to play today that I, you were like, you did the recap and I almost chimed in about what I want to start doing. And then I was like, all right, we got to do drinks. <laughs> uh, but uh, I am drinking a uh, Fentiman's Botanically Brewed Mandarin and Seville Orange Jigger that was given to me by a friend of the show, Jason Ram. Uh, so let's taste it. Ooh. Oh, another tasting. All of mine have been new tastings. Um, It's good. But I mean, like, you're the second new tasting oh, of today. this episode. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's like having uh, bubbly orange juice. So it actually is very much like a uh, mimosa without champagne. Like the texture Ooh. and the f- like flavoring, but with no champagne. So it's like an, uh, a non-alcoholic mimosa. And that's the Mandarin and Seville Orange Jigger by Fentimans. I, l- I like everything about that. And finally, someone else who agrees with me about peanut butter and mimosas. Bernie, what are you drinking? I don't agree with you about crunchy peanut butter. <laughs> Oh, okay. Kind of agrees with me about peanut butter. I was like, oh. um, so I have a contender in the cider wars tonight. Hey, hey. I think I've had this one before on air, or maybe I haven't. And I just like liked it so much that I drank it no matter what. It is stadium. No, I haven't had this one here. Okay, brand new contender in cider wars. St- it is from uh, Brickworks Cider House in Toronto, and it is Stadium Island Peach Cider. Ooh, peach. Uh, it does not have nutrition facts on the labels. I have no clue how much sugar is in this. It is gluten-free. And, and is this also a live tasting? Mm-hmm. Three. Three in one episode. Yeah, that's good. Jenga, you and I are going to have to step it up. Yeah. Do you want to call it's, Steven back now that you've opened it? It's here. Leave it here. Hold on. Do you want to come try it? And now with a special guest appearance. Special um, guest on the show. On, on Dun- Dungeon Drunks. Special guest Steven Dungleman is going to try the cider and come close to the mic and tell us what you think. Hmm. It's just peachy. <laughs> He's Spoke- been waiting to say that. He's been waiting to say that for days. Spoken like a true Dunkelman. <laughs> game he actually wanted to say out. He did not want to drink that. He just wanted to make that pun. That, that's it. Yep. He is a Dunkelman. Proud of you, Proud of you Stephen. 
damn. We love him and hate him for all of those I reasons. I mean, I don't hate him. I love him. He's mine. And he made me fajitas tonight, and I'm e- going to be eating way too much because this is fajita wrap number two. So. Oh, nice. Ooh. No, no, enjoy all those fajitas. It is definitely cider. I think they. it looks like they actually add, like, peach juice after making the peach cider so it's got kind of like it's got both like a dry like a cider dryness and then like a kick of like juiciness i really love it it's so good i don't think good. it has i think it's way too much sugar unfortunately john <laughs> it tastes like it's got way too much sugar <laughs> probably it sounds like mm. all right well with the drinks out of the way let us head back into the city of Waterdeep, where you guys are very slowly achily but but successfully leaving the bloody fist. The sun is going down. You guys are are tired, but feeling a sense of relief at being out of the Undermountain as you guys have headed back into the bright light of the the setting sun. What would you like to do? Do we want to go by the Amethyst Acropolis first or wait until morning? I was thinking, Bernie. What? Would you say that Jonathan was afflicted by a curse-like thing? Was John inflicted by a curse like Well, because he tried to kill us all. Wouldn't you say that like, it's like a curse? I mean, I think I'm, I would it, have to do a check on that. And, and didn't Travacore would... say that his people were cursed by the demon? My family was cursed. I don't think that appeals to anybody else unless they, they use our gear. <laughs> right. But I'm thinking, if you remove the curse... I think that ship has sailed, Carlton. Carlton, I can't do an exorcism in this state. No, I mean, just on the sword. You have to have a special license. So, as Carlton's saying this, Jonathan, the actual player, has the answer. Or or his answer, not this answer. But Jonathan, the Magimuscular, would would wants to kind of like puzzle it out. It's like, would that work on something like this? It depends on what exactly Carlton is suggesting. Well, I mean... I figure he's suggesting either it can just, uh, that spell can just get rid of the curse all the way. Jonathan the Magimuscular suspects that it would only be a temporary fix. Like you could, you could, you could remove the affliction, like the bond, but the weapon or whatever would still be cursed. But Jonathan the Magimuscular doesn't know which one it it would be. You're specifically talking about the spell remove Remove curse. curse. Right. It's Bernie. What does Bernie know about remove curse? I mean, it's one of her spells, so she knows it. I'm assuming yep. is what we're going with. Um, Carlton, it's it's a little complicated. I I can take a curse sort of off of a an object and off of a person, but if say I went into your restaurant and cursed your spoon, mm-hmm. right? It's not magic. To what begin kind of restaurant with. do I have? Waffles. Ooh, I love waffles. Yeah. Um, Carlton's House of Waffles. I like it. I'd go there. I'd eat there. It's a fine establishment, and, and they we can have always... apple apple jam to go with it. I'm listening. Yes, we can, and uh, peanut butter. And if it's just an object that already is, I can remove the curse. Like if you're cursed, I can remove a curse. And if somebody cursed a spoon, I can take the curse off the spoon, or you know anything that's not already magic. But if the item's magic, then the curse is kind of part of that magic, and that's. That's oh, more than this can do. I didn't know and that's how it worked. Yeah, it's it's a little complicated. Think think about it like like if somebody if somebody if somebody puts red paint on something, you can take the paint off with enough turpentine. But if the thing is red to begin with, you can scrub and you can scrub and you can scrub, 
but you're just going to take off layers and find more red. The curse is part of the making of the object. I can't do anything unless I'm unmaking the whole object. It's it's part of its essence. The only thing I can do with remove curse is is remove its hold on Jonathan, and I think we've already done that. But so what if we need the someone more powerful? Curse was put on after the magic flame stuff. I well, it it's a little complicated. Bernie, go ahead and roll. Use well wisdom for your spell. Wiz, yeah. Wisdom. Go oh, ahead yeah. and roll a wisdom check. 16. With a 16, you suspect that there are ways of removing the curse from some cursed magic items. That it is, it's not a catch-all solution. The, the few times that you've heard of that kind of thing, clerics basically taking a holy item that has subsequently been cursed and removing the curse from it it usually involves usually involves doing a lot of research a lot of study and and finding some exotic ingredients because you have to tailor the the removal to whatever the curse actually is so you think it can be done you could remove the curse from this if the sword is cursed which Technically, you haven't verified yet, but if the sword is cursed, you think with time and a little bit of research and some understanding and and probably hunting down some pretty exotic items to do the ritual, you could remove the curse from this item, but it would not be easy. I'll also say with that role, you also know, because of what Travancore has said about him being, quote unquote, cursed, and what the devil has said, the the curse on him isn't a literal, I can dispel it curse. His family, in the history of his family, made a deal with this devil. And so that's a contract, less less than a curse. Carlton, I could, I could do it. But like I said, it's not. So I guess what I'm like, my understanding of this is like, it's a magic item that's been cursed. It's more intense than a regular item that's been cursed is generally the idea behind remove curse and why you'd have to do more. Like as a player, it also seems to me if you make an, if in the objects making, it's like, it's like unmaking the magic from a magic object. If it was made magic and it's making, it's going to be a lot harder, basically. Like it's part of what it is. So if it's just a magic item that happens to be cursed, we could do it. It's going to take a little more than just a loogie and a touch, you know what I mean? Well, then that's one reason why I, I'd love the Acropolis to take a look, because not only might they be able to better understand the magic, they also might be able to better understand the history. I mean, just, like, it, just because this item is, is from Braconum doesn't necessarily mean that this kind of item is unknown to them. I can see that. There's also someone I kind of want to talk to about all of this. I mean, less about the magic items. I mean, it's sort of in our wheelhouse. The un- We usually uncurse holy things. But I need a bath. We have to hose down Carlton or the stink is going to become permanent. And, yeah, and a, and a good night's sleep, maybe. It's Okay. It's this curse. I've, I'll tell you this. The curse ain't going anywhere, that's for sure. Yeah, and... I'm not trying to fireball kobolds who right. may, who look like you. That's or, what I figured is if we try it now while and I try to do it and I'm weak from the battle, it'd be better than trying it at full strength. Well, no, no, you're not attuning to it. 
Yeah, Jonathan, you you str- you do know that when you came to, not only do you no longer feel the compulsion of the sword, but you are no longer attuned to it, and that that seems that's not a coincidence in your mind, right? So we're no one's attuning to this until we figure out more, or until we make it safe, because clearly it's not safe. I mean, if. <laughs> Yeah, if I had had one more turn and one more fireball, things would have ended very, very differently. It's been a long day. I yeah. think we've had enough of today. Let's see what tomorrow brings. I I agree. All right, you guys are heading where? Just straight to uh, the Golden, golden Rock. Rock. Right? Golden Rock Tavern. Not the Golden Griddle. Golden Griddle, we're heading to the Golden Griddle. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. I got it wrong. It is the Golden Griddle. (laughs) I don't know where this place is. Oh, no. All right, you guys head back to the the familiar Golden Rock Tavern. It's it's surprisingly quiet. It's it's been a kind of a busy place. You've noticed as you've been staying here these these last couple of of days that it's it's a fairly popular place, and you understand why. It's reasonably priced. It's reasonably clean. It's got reasonable food, and uh, the owner Gestock is just kind of an amicable guy. As you come walking in, Carlton, make a perception check. They make good fajitas at the Golden Rock Tavern. Amazing fajitas, and they just keep coming. Yeah. Uh, nine. I've still got fire sword on Wait, mine. Wait, no, hold on. Bernie wasn't going to let him go in. She was going to go in and ask for a hose. Oh, okay. Sorry, I missed that part. I was like, we're walking. No, we're not walking in. Let's- Carlton's not around to walk in there until he gets hosed down. Yeah. Let's say you guys get to the entrance. You open the door. You walk in, Carl, and you look around in Carlton. What you notice is it's just kind of empty in here. And then Bernie. Uh, Carlton, hold on there a second. And she, like, pulls on the back of his whatever. And she's like, we're gonna, we have, look, we, we're gonna, we don't, we don't want to waste gold on, um, on uh, losing our safety deposit. But uh, we, we want to. But, but our Motrons, and we have our, we have a bathtub. Yeah, we're, but you can't track this through there. That's, that's, um, remember we talked about the word rude? That's our word for the day, rude, and we're not going to be it. So we're going to go around back, and we're going to go to the stables, and she's going to dump a couple buckets of water on him to get most of the mail. All right. Carlton, as long as you are happy with that, then uh, you guys can head around to the stables. How about Jonathan and Travancore? What are you guys going to do? Car- uh, Jonathan the Magimuscular is dragging his sorry ass to bed. Like, just going straight to bed? Just, just He is just like... Shoulders are sloped. He's kind of like walking like this. Bucks is like perched on his shoulder with like a concerned look on his owl face. He like opens the door, slams it, and does one of the face plants on the bed. And then are we he's not camping out. at our uh, house? No, I thought we were staying at the inn. Right, I thought yeah. we were staying at the inn, but in our in the house in the inn. We don't necessarily need to unless we need to check in on anything. Yeah, Jonathan the Magic Muscular is. You you might have to if that's the plan then you might have to someone might have to carry him to the house because he's out and he he didn't understand that that was the plan. Yeah, as you go walking on by, Gestock goes to uh, say hi and starts to ask you about food. And as you just kind of trundle on by, he very quickly, uh, <clears throat> and then he looks over at you, Travancore, as Jonathan walks on by and says, "Rough night." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know I think I I will go in for some fajitas. I think I need some comfort food right about now. Take a seat. Travancore's actually going to eat these fajitas and think about like the contract as it was di- terms were dictated to him by uh by uh by the table. 
And Damn. They, and they want, I'm going to say something. I want to see whether I can roll a roll or a check to see it. I can gauge the veracity of the statement based on what Travancore knows. Uh, so he thinks that if he were to just give up the the kingdom, that that wouldn't work because he's already his family's had the kingdom for thousands of years. Travancore thinks, based on the way the contract was worded, the only way out is if there's no more of this family. Like, it'll end, and the madness ends when the last of his line dies. I'll say from what you know that you know that is one possible out. You have a vague understanding that these kind of contracts can be complex and usually filled with all sorts of riders and loopholes. And I would love you to roll. Give me an intelligence saving throw. Oh, no. <laughs> now, this isn't, this isn't as bad as you think. I'm just trying to figure out how to figure out how you would know this. Well, let's see. Three. Yeah, you... Um, unless you got a chance to actually look at the contract, it'd be really difficult to tell. That's all you really know. And the other thing he thinks of, if I were to one day get powerful enough to kill this demon, would that annul the contract? Because one of the parties is no longer existing. You don't know. You think you'd have to do a little bit more research and you would have to see the contract. You're familiar enough with what Bernie has told you and the, the little bits of research you've done on devils. But as far as specifically infernal contracts, without seeing it and knowing the terms and knowing a bit more about how that works, you don't know. Oh, lordy. All roads lead back to law school. <laughs> Anyway, you sit down with Shadow. Gestock is very quick to, to bring out some fajitas as Bernie and Carlton walk around the back of the Golden Rock Tavern. You are quickly met with a gasp as you see a familiar face back there. You see a familiar Razo Riverhopper uh. as he is standing in the stables with your horses, currently feeding let's say peanut butter for reasons he's feeding peanut butter apples blue is currently running around in a tight circle around his feet uh yipping excitedly and he has paused in his feeding to look at the two of you bedraggled and cover and covered in dragon guts and he's like oh, you, you you're back this is this is great and blue is very quick to run it over to you carlton and <laughs> Oh, no, no, Blue, that's... You really shouldn't be eating mayonnaise. No? Okay. Uh, He's licking everything on Carlton. Carlton's picked him up. Yeah. And uh, Razzo comes very quickly on over and says, I, I, I'm going to guess that everything is... It's all, it's all okay. I mean, you've only been gone for the day, but it made, it, you made it sound like you were going to be gone for, for, for days, for weeks, for, for ten days. Real life dog is reacting to me petting and giving admiration to fake dog. He's in the outside Aww. the door barking now, like, am I a good am I the good boy? Yes. Aww. Yes, you are the good boy. <laughs> well, you know, it could have taken a lot longer, but it didn't. Uh because good. we had a checklist and we got through everything on our checklist. Razo, do you wanna help me with something real quick? anything i'm just glad to see you i was really i actually was a little bit concerned about what where i was going to uh hold on to the puppy while i was puppy proofing my house oh yeah i can see that what can what can i help you with do you want to grab one of those buckets of water over there and um i'll take the front side and you take the back side and we just kind of drench carlton to get rid of the mayonnaise 
I'm gross. <laughs> he looks over at Carlton and he man manies? Yeah, it's a you know what, Razo, it's a long story and yeah, it's a long maybe, story. Another maybe time. I'll get it from Jonathan some other Jonathan's okay, right? Jonathan, Jonathan uh, your other doing, friend? Jonathan's doing great. Travancore is no worse for the wear physically. Uh emotionally, maybe different story, but achieved goals. Created okay. synergy, endeavored to aspire to let's get Carlton clean. <laughs> Absolutely, we could we could talk about the specifics of, about your your business plan later. And he quickly runs off and grabs a bucket. And yeah, with it, it's funny because he is uh, a halfling, and the two of you, it, it's a little bit of <laughs> well. There's of okay, so it's, like, no, there's, it's like one of you standing on the other shoulder. Are you standing on his shoulders? Well, okay, so you know how there's like if you go. If there's little stairs for people who are too short to get on horses on their own, so I figure we stand on the little like step stools and we we just okay plop, we just on the count of three one two three and we just shh. I I think that's a reasonable assumption to have for horses and that would probably get you high enough that the two of you could then splash up Carlton's back and front and yeah you're able to rinse him off pretty well fortunately the the well with the fresh water is right there so you're able to to very quickly fill up a couple of buckets Carlton is freezing Razo, Ooh, Razo, so cold. what do you know about cursed swords as as he and then he kind of stops uh, that they're bad. Really, 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 really bad. Huh. Yeah, that's about what we know, too. Yeah, we were just wondering. Because we were going to visit y'all tomorrow, but you're here now. Yeah, but I'm not the person to ask about the, the magical stuff. I'm the person who helps coordinate the magical stuff, but I don't actually do any m- 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 magic. Who Who should we talk to, then? About a cursed item. I mean, I could show it to you if you want. No. Uh, oh no. 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 no and he very quickly like puts his hands behind his back like a small child trying to not touch something and being good about it. He's like, "Oh no, 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 no. I've heard some really bad stories." Uh so who would you want to speak to? Well, really any of our higher level members could probably help you out. It depends on what you're trying to do with it. If you if you want it stored somewhere incredibly safe where no one's gonna touch it, then you'd want to talk no, to Durgat. I want to keep it. See, Jonathan held onto it for an hour, and then he saw us all as kobolds and tried to kill us. But I want to hit things with it. But I don't want to s- slaughter my friends. Well, yes, but if it it sounds like that's what's gonna happen, but right. But you guys are smarter than me. In some ways, definitely. Um, <laughs> let's see. <laughs> you probably want to talk to Balana Z- Zadok. She's the, the the person in charge of research at the Amethyst Acropolis. And if it's less about about examining your item and more about, if I understand it correctly, figuring out how to make it not be cursed anymore. And yes. she's the one who could probably figure that. Would out. you be able to uh, set up a twelve o'clock meeting noon? We want to sleep in a little bit. It's been a long day. 
the current guildmasters, their time is their own. I can warn them that you might be coming. Uh, certainly, you have a lot of sway with Aras Zik, but otherwise, uh, it's it's, it's going to be up to her. But I would really recommend if, if you've got one of these cursed items until you know what to do with it. Durgat is the, the person to talk to. She's our vault master, and we haven't had anything stolen, taken, or absconded from our vault in over uh, 200 years. Oh, no, I got it hidden away safely. Uh, yeah. Is it up your butt? Please don't tell me it's up no, your butt. No, it's not. We don't let him put things there anymore. It's okay, not good. that deep. I don't It's a long assume. sword, not, not a dagger. I never assume, but that's that would be my suggestion. Well, that is... Thank, thank you, Razzo. Yes, so if you could warn her that we would be coming by to speak with her. And yes, her time is her own, but we would... Like to speak with her. Carlton, given that two of our party aren't here, I think we should go talk to them about this tomorrow morning and then make a decision as a group. Well, Jonathan said he wanted to go there anyway. He did, but, you know, it's only fair. And you would also need Jonathan because without him, he would be the one that actually would have access to her. As 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 you know, you you the rest of you do not have access to the the, the Amethyst Acropolis. I'm sorry, unless you would like to join, I can definitely help you out with that. But don't I have to make a magic item? You have to help with it, but if it, we don't require that it actually happens. We require that you try because even even the most powerful of what if m- I protect m- the people making it? Does, would that count? Well. Afterwards, yes. I mean, that's that's what Durgat does. She she is right, not but I don't one have our... any arcane ability. Well, she has very little too, and so we put her to work in in a field that she is very good at, with it, which is defense. Well, I'm you know in in um in in being judicious and not stepping on our friend's toes, um, because sometimes people have a special buddy club that makes them feel special. Maybe we table the joining of the uh, Amethyst Acropolis Mages party uh, till tomorrow when we have some more time. How about that, Carlton? Fine. But yes, tell her that we're going to come by tomorrow. I I will. I can't guarantee anything, but I of course, of will. course. But now, it's always polite to have a warning. Yes, I because I, will I let can't her know. guarantee I won't be covered in mail. Well, I would recommend it not. I can make that guarantee for you, actually. I didn't Um, think I'd be covered in mayo today, but here I stand. (laughs) He seems at this point very confused. And he's like, well, you know what? You're basically washed off. Let's let's go inside. I want to go to bed and have a fajita. Well, I need to dry off before I go to bed or else my hair will never stay. I put a horse blanket on you and we we go inside. Okay. And Razo goes, bye. I'm so glad that you're not dead. Me too. Come on, Blue. Skips off. Uh, as the two of you enter, finding Travancore seated at a stall, him and Shadow surrounded by fajitas. It seems that Gestak is, um, he isn't asking any questions. He isn't prying into anything, but he apparently has decided that whatever is ailing Travancore and Shadow, that he can fix it with a copious amount of fajitas. And Travancore, as soon as you're through a fajita, two more appear, and Shadow is loving every minute of it. <laughs> I I kind of just rub Shadow's head, like, appreciatively. You know, I know what Shadow did for me. I didn't have a chance to say thank you, but that's kind of the closest I can I can vocalize at this mm. point. And he, you know he loves you because he stops eating fajitas for a moment to lean into your hand. And then he very quickly goes back to the fajitas. 
Travancore idly looks at the ingredients of Pedias and tries to see if this is something he can replicate for the one day he goes back home. He takes a mental inventory of the ingredients. Yeah, you can open it up and you can very clearly see. These are not like fancy, crazy fajitas, uh, but Gestak has made them with very good ingredients. Ooh, there you go. Carlton and Bernie, you've come on inside. Unless there's anything else you would like to do this evening, you are you're all free to head to your individual. Yeah, rooms I'm gonna I'm gonna stay down. I'm gonna eat some fajitas while every, until everyone goes to bed. I'm gonna yeah. kind of relax and unwind, carbo load. Dinner and then bed. Yeah. Feeling a little winded. Alright. Uh and then once everybody goes to bed, I ask Gestock, I'm like, hey, uh, did you get your package? And after everybody else is gone, he gives you a very long look and he says, Didn't didn't you notice? And he points over... Oh, no, the fajitas! Like, I, I smelt them and I immediately beelined you. I didn't even look that way. Ah. Oh, that's really... That's a beautiful table. Yeah, you should... You sh- I, I told you I delivered the, the, the old one, so it's up it's in, in my room. room. Yeah. Ah, uh, dude, you're the best. I was gonna, like, offer to carry it up, but I appreciate it. And I, like, slip him a gold and shake his hand for him delivering it to the room. Shakes your hand back and he says, well, you know, it was... I already had the guys here installing the old one, so it was... It was not a big deal. Appreciate it. I'm going to go to my room. Uh, I'll yep. see the thing, and I'm going to put the uh, the pocket nut uh, under, the house nut under it, and I'm going to bring myself and the thing to the house. Do you have the... Yep. When uh, we left the party, uh, Travancore had given it to me. All right. We talked about that uh, a couple of weeks ago in real life time. <laughs> That's why I'm asking. I, I trust you guys take care of it. Okay. You activate the pocket house. And uh, while you are taking care of that, and the rest of you are heading to your individual rooms for bed, you are going to get a long rest. And at this point, you do all level up. Yay! Leveling up to level nine. We'll get back to you in a moment, Carlton. You're still going to get your long rest while you're taking care of this. But Bernie, as you fall asleep, as you fall asleep, I need to pull up my notes. Do we all need to leave? Is this like a whisper? It's... If this was Critical Role, I might ask you, maybe, but this is not, like, a... This is not super, super, super secret, so... And we're also not good enough to, like, ignore it. I would like to think you are. We want to thank Polymorph Crafts for sponsoring this episode. Polymorph Crafts offer stylish and affordable ways to carry everything you need to a game day and stay organized at the table. Mimic chests, hero vaults, and tankers offer a variety of ways to bring a dice tower, rolling tray, dice and pen vaults, card stands, coasters, and carrying space to all your games. So check out polymorphcrafts.com and follow them on Twitter and Instagram, at polymorphcrafts. That's polymorphcrafts.com. We here at Dungeon Drunks are huge fans of Idle Champions of the Forgotten Realms. It's an official free-to-play Dungeons & Dragons-based clicker game that you can download right now on Steam. Play with some of the Forgotten Realms' most iconic heroes, like Minsk, Boo, and Dritzt. Characters from Force Grey, like Arkin the Cruel. And even Strix from Dice Camera Action. I usually have the game running in the background while I edit audio for this podcast, and it's always exciting to open chests to see what new gear my champions have. Speaking of chests, thanks to the fine folks who make Idle Champions, we're fortunate enough to be able to offer a free gold chest to all of our listeners. This code expires on May 6th, 2018 at 9pm Pacific, so you only have a week to redeem once this episode is posted. Open up your game, go to the shop, and type in this code. A-M-I-R-C-A-R-K-T-R-I-E-I-O-N 
S. So use that code and then let us know on Twitter or Instagram what goodies you got. And now, enough of the loot drops. Back to the show. Bernie, as you fall asleep, within moments, Coco Snoot curled up at your feet. At first, it seems to be a, a deep, healing, dreamless sleep. And then you find yourself sitting at a tea table. And there is a lovely afternoon tea spread before you. Uh, your favorite tea is sitting there, a whole big bowl full of lemons. It smells wonderful. Cocos Nude is obediently sitting at your left-hand side. It's an idyllic scene. You're like out amongst a summer grove of trees. The wind is coming through very, very sweetly. And for a moment, you're just kind of idly looking at the, the plate of cookies and crackers and all those little bits that go with tea and the, the fresh pot seeping ready to go. And you look up and there's someone sitting across from you. And I'd like you to describe your goddess for us. Oh, man. Uh, what do you see? Hmm. In this setting? In the, I mean, she dresses for an occasion. I feel like if she wanted to be clothing resplendent she would be like this is a this seems like a chillax situation so i think oh god you put me on the spot aren't you i did god i can't can go on instagram real quick and just pick it out <laughs> or just just whatever um, i mean it doesn't have to be that detailed what just give me the basics of you know if if not what she's looking what she looks like what she's wearing tell me just what does your what, this is the first time you've really come face to face with Queen Bey. It's always been ephemeral, ethereal, just her voice. And it's, a, it's, it's in this dream state that you see her clearly for the first time. What, what do you see? So, okay, this is actually, this is, so, um, do you remember when you were a kid how tall grownups felt to you? Absolutely. And I feel like... Like, Bernie, Bernie exists in a world where people are taller than her. Bay is not a gnome. It's, it's, a, it's a religion that is not a gnomish religion, which we kind of established. Like, it's not somebody that everyone in the gnome community worships. Um, though I think, given that they're traditionally, like, a marginalized community, like, they, you find more, in Bay, you find more worshippers of people who traditionally would not have power in this world. Or who, you know, seek to equalize the power that is in the world. The feeling that you get, I think, no matter we're Bernie human-sized or orc-sized or elf-sized, would be the feeling when you think, man, everybody is so much bigger than me. And it's like, it's like she came down and took a form that didn't, you know, it's like she knows creatures, she knows beings, but like, it's, like, not quite right. It's, like, you look at her and you see something. Like, when you're in a dream and you're trying to read, you know what you're reading. But if you actually had to look at the page and see letters, you wouldn't see anything there. Right? Like, it's, you can't look directly at her. You can't look directly, like, that's, it doesn't hurt. It's just you're never able to quite, like, if she were to wake up, she wouldn't be able to describe her to you. Um, okay. but that being said, like, I've always pictured her as a black woman, like, honestly, as a player, like, it started out with me being like, well, like, 
I'm not a super religious person myself, and I think if she's going to pray to anybody, she's going to pray to Beyonce, and it was sort of a silly commentary on, you know, the effect she's had on popular feminism in the world. But, like, I, you know, she is a a very, very beautiful black woman, and I think I don't really want to describe her more than that, because I like the idea of that when you think of beautiful black women, there isn't one thing you think of. Like, Mm -hmm. I have lots of black friends who are very beautiful and they all look very different. And so maybe, like, you picture, like, I feel like you can get, like, um, like, very easily, like, if she sends iterations of things, like, I'm cool with her, uh, little, like, our spiritual guardians being, like, Kelly Rowland, looking like Kelly Rowland or, like, someone looking like Octavia Butler. But I like the idea that when it comes down to it, like, you know her skin is brown. She could be light skin. She could be dark skin. Like, I think she wears her hair natural, but maybe she doesn't always feel like it. Like, she just, you know, she exists in this space and, like, it's kind of more important that she's, like, making herself look accessible. I think if she she's not, in my head in this situation, she's not doing, like, I'm intimidating. Oh, no. She's not un... She's not, like, uh, what did Tolkien describe? Like, the elf lord unmasked. Like... You get a sense that even in this this situation, like she can't, you know, like Bernie can't quite look at her, but it's like she's she knows she knows who it is. She's got she's just like she knows who she is, and like you get like I like the idea that maybe several people have had this experience, and so like you don't have communication in this world that is like text and talk, and so you get these like maybe you get these like carvings of Bay that look a little bit different depending on who is coming back and saying what she looks like. And there's a few things that they can all agree on. I think in this, like, her hair's down. Her voice is, like, her voice, but, like, has got that, like, that kind of reverb of power in it. Like That multiphonic. Yeah, the multi, a little bit, yeah. That's the the reason that you're having a hard time focusing. It's not focusing, but, like, really looking at her. It's not that um, something's wrong. It's that... What you see is, oh, this stained glass window of her that yeah. you've seen. Oh, this carving of her that you've seen. But also the picture in your head. But also, yes, she's appearing as a human, but she's also appearing as a gnome. But she's also appearing as an elf. And she's she's managing to be eye level with you, even though she feels like bigger. as a child you are an adult. And although she is exuding this power, she's smiling at you. Yeah. And... In in this moment, you don't feel the traditional sense of awe. You don't feel overcome with awe. You feel like you, you're with your favorite babysitter. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. But it's it's still a little bit of a shock because in all of the years that you have prayed to her and of all the people that you know that have prayed to her, some much longer than you. Um, and for all the times that you've tried to talk to her directly, casting augury, praying at her her temples praying at you know wherever you can find she has never addressed you directly until just now yeah and in this moment as you look up and see her and have these multitude of images come to her come to you and fill you with a a little bit of of shock a little bit of of glee a little bit of adoration a little bit of confusion she says you grow so strong how are you doing I mean, we just fought a, well, no, we didn't just fight a devil. 
You did. If you interact with any of the nine hells, it is it is always a battle, even if it is only of words. Yeah. I feel like I should have killed her. I don't know that I can. Is that even possible? It is, but very difficult. And in this case, I think it was best for you to just let her go. You were already in a in a position in where it would have been difficult for you to survive that battle. And that's the reason that I wanted to speak with you. Oh? You've been through a lot. And you've grown so strong. And it's beautiful to see. And now I breach this barrier that separates us because I'm giving you a gift. Oh? And it's, it's a serious gift. It's a joyful gift. But it's, it's a difficult gift. Oh. Yeah, that's sort of how this kind of thing goes, isn't it? Yeah, kind of is. So the gift I have for you is, is power. And it is specifically a responsibility and a trust that few have. Few in, in my circle, few in others who are like me entrust with this power because the barrier between life and death is a stern one. Am I going to be able to keep that bear from dying? Because honestly, if you just give me that, I you can really ask anything of me from this point onward. Could you a shield, a, a glow, any, anything... He just, he drops all the time. It's really inconvenient. I know he means well. He really loves Travancore. You can tell. I swear, I'm not ever going to actually kill him. I promise. You know this. You know this. But my god. That bear. I could cast Turn Undead on that bear at this point and walk the other way. Might even burst into flame. Shadow loves Travancore very much. And they love you. And it's important that you now have the power to help them and to help yourself and and Carlton and Jonathan. You are few among the fate changers. There are not many of you left. The responsibility of being able to have the power to raise the recently deceased will include your fine bear companion. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's a zombie bear. Raising the dead is not a a power to be taken lightly, which is why I, I trust it to you, because I know you will not. There are demands that I'm sure as you as you explore this power, you will understand there are physical demands, there are material demands. But more than this, it is important for you to know if you decide to use this power. Who you bring back is very important. If they want to come back, you can help with that. But they must want it. Do not force someone to return if they have accepted their fate. Do you understand? Yes. That being said, your friends seem like the kind of people who would not abandon you, even if death were to claim them. And you will know if you exert this power, if they want to return or not. Oof. 
right? And she kind of gives you this wry smile as, as that sinks in a little bit. And then she says, There is also the physical object that is necessary, which you're going to have to go and find. There is an item that you will need, and it's up to you to find it, to have it with you, in case this power is necessary. And I, I promise you that if you, if you find this diamond, and if you stay true to your friends, that I will always be there to help if you call upon me for this power. A favor has been given. A favor you will return. Open your heart to forgiveness. A favor of love is your reward. And she takes her, her teacup and holds it up in a little bit of a cheer. Bernie's going to cheers her. And she's going to go, yeah, yeah, you right. And you drink. And as you set the teacup down, she is gone. Oh, no, hold on. She needs to get to pet Coco Snoot. <laughs> and she's gone and, and you have this moment really like, but she didn't pet coco snoot you hear her laugh behind you and she says i pet him every day he is a good boy that must be really strange for you my <laughs> friend but it might explain a lot at this point hey by the way thanks for bringing bucks back you don't hear a reply you think that at this point she might be not gone but this visitation might have ended, but you do feel like she was happy to help. And in this moment, in your dream, if you want to sit and enjoy this for as long as you'd like before you drift back into a dreamless sleep, you can. Yeah, Bernie's gonna... Obviously, there's a dog bowl there if she wouldn't have invited Coco Snoot. If there wasn't a dog bowl there, she's gonna put she's gonna put down the dog bowl of water and she's gonna like scoot a chair up and put her feet on the extra chair and she's gonna pour herself some tea and squeeze a lemon into it and enjoy a summer for a while. As you do that, Carlton, you're in the pocket house. Uh, as you arrive, you are quickly assaulted by a smell. <laughs> um, you open the door. And you find your your three loyal Modrons standing there. They obviously heard you coming. You are not the stealthiest. And there is an odor that is eerily reminiscent of the place you just came from. Blue is trotting behind you and, oh, there's a smell. It is, it, it, it kind of reminds you of where you just came from, the, the Undermountain. It has that rank death smell, which is just... Yeah. horrible and you see two things when you enter uh <laughs> piddleschmick we'll say piddleschmick is standing bright-eyed holding a bleached white skull of a kobold oh no next to him is a bag oh oh dear did we ask for this did you ask for this i don't remember asking for this no, uh, I, uh, I gesture Car for the, the bag. last time you were here, Carlton threw the body at the Modrons and said, clean it up. I want his skull. That's right, I did. And they have done exactly as you asked. There is a, a, a bright white, like, totally cleaned kobold skull 
being held in this Modron's hand. He's holding it out to you like proudly. And next to him is a sack of something. All right. Um, I will thank him. I will thank the skull. <laughs> oh, that's problematic. He holds it up to you. <laughs> uh, and I'm going to set the bag to the side. I'll be like, hey, uh, grab uh, grab the others. I'm going to need a hand moving this down to the basement. And, and they're all there. And they're oh. like, oh. And they're going right, to help boys, you move uh, Everybody your grab item. a corner. We're, we're, we're moving this to the basement. All right. The, the four of you pretty easily move this item to the basement, which right now the only thing in the basement are two flail snail shells, which as much as they still kind of reek, it smells better than the upstairs. And you come back upstairs after delivering the item to find uh, Blue is growling at this bag. No, and I look in the bag and I'm like, what, 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 Blue? Did, did you want a piece of cobalt? Yeah, inside is what's left of the cobalt. I give him a cobalt strip. <gasps> no! Oh, you don't know that? I... Before you do... Just because it's a dog! Look, animals don't eat rotted meat! He's a wolf! Wolves don't yeah, eat Carlton, Yeah, uh, Carlton, roll a nature check. Because I love your puppy. Fifteen. Oh, this, this will, no, he'll be Oh, it's, it's too spoiled. Oh, it's gone. Oh, well, not just it that it's gone spoiled because it hasn't been that long. Whatever the Modrons did to strip the skull ah, of flesh. They're, they're and cleaning rem- fluids. Got it. Whatever they used. Oh, no, this is poison. Don't oh, yeah. you No, That's what you're smelling. So I reach in to like go and I'm like, oh, no, they use some high strength cleaner on that. Sorry, buddy. That's oh, not no. for you. Blue's not sorry. Like, as I said, he was growling at this bag. <laughs> Oh, I see. I thought he was like growling, like, I want it, I want it, I want it, I want it. No, no, this is. Gotcha. All right. Uh, So I've delivered the item. Yes. I kind of like, like move my head over the the portal to leave, like as if I were going to like check to make sure no one's coming. And then I realized, oh, right. That's not how it works. It's been a long day. I I step (laughs) on the bag with blue and uh, not on the bag. I step on the portal with blue and the bag. Uh, and I'm like, hey, uh, before I leave, boys, uh, is there another bag I can, like, can we, like, double bag this? Do you have another <laughs> sack? Alistair Duke points back at the bag and says, and as you look, you see it's two burlap sacks inside of each other. And um, they needed to do that because it's wet. Gotcha. I, all right, uh, I'll be back. Uh, I go out the portal back to my room. Okay, with the bag in blue. Yep. Uh, I and then the skull, or did you leave the skull behind? Skulls, skulls, skulls are uh, back at the house. Okay. Uh, I look, uh, and there's no one in my room. Uh, I do I have, do I have a window room? Do I have a window in my room? Sure. It's a All small right, window, I, but yes. Yep. Will it fit a burlap sack? <laughs> yes, but you look. I'm gonna say of the six rooms on the top of the Golden Rock Tavern, you guys have four of them, and that you are one of the ones facing the front of the establishment. All right, so I can't drop it and then go grab it. So I have to literally carry it through. Well, I mean, you you can, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> uh, all right, I, I look at this time of night. How busy is the street? Uh, it's not that late. Like you you spent maybe an hour, hour and a half having food and everything. So it's probably about like. 10, 10 30. It's still before midnight. Um, it's not terribly busy, but there there's people. Alright, I tie a bit of rope around it and I like lower it down so it doesn't splatter. And I say, Pardon me, uh got had a little too much up there, got a little sick, I uh, gotta throw this away. Uh and then when it hits the ground, I'm gonna like 
dash <laughs> outside to pick it up and throw it in the dumpster or the Fairyurnian equivalent of a dumpster. You get so as you dash back outside, Gestak is downstairs cleaning stuff up. He sees you run by and he's like, "Uh, what, uh huh?" Go, and I, I, as, as you get out the door, you find that there is a, a a gentleman standing about fifteen feet away who was obviously passing by as you had lowered this bag on down. He's retching on the side of the road. Yeah, dude, it was real bad. I had some real bad be- beans. <laughs> Not from this establishment. This establishment is great. You need to go see a healer. I know. I, I do have a healer. She happens to be sleeping. Uh, oh. So I then take it. I actually go like four alleys down and throw it in okay. one of those dumpsters. All right. You, you, are you trying to be sneaky about it? It's just a guy carrying a smelly sack. All right. You it's, find it's a dumpster. Water deep. This is normal. In it goes. And you are, you're all set. Is there anything else you would like to do for the evening? Uh, I'm going to go back and I'm going to sleep in my room in the pocket house. In the po- okay. All right. Uh, you all commence with a long rest and thus wake up the next morning, not only refreshed, but level nine. Uh, I'm going to come out the pocket house and I'm going to knock on everyone's doors as they're getting ready. I'm like, guys, guys, you got to see this. Got to see this. Got to see this. All right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Carlton, what, what is it? Fo- seriously, follow me. You got to see what happened in the house. You got to see what happened in the house. What happened to the house, Carlton? Yeah, the, 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 our house. And then I, I gesture everyone to come with me to my room to get on the portal. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah, Shadow, I go in. Hang on, hang on. Before we go, I want y'all to to see something, or more like hear something. Give me ten minutes. And Jonathan the Magimuscular starts carving out runes on the ground and uh, throws a bit of incense in the air. Where um, are you carving this? Well, not carving, but like, <laughs> like you know, drawing it out or whatever. And then that's different. <laughs> So he does it. He puts at the end of at at nine minutes and fifty eight seconds. He puts both hands onto the ground, a la Full Metal Alchemist. Uh, the circle glows. Jonathan the Magic Muscular looks at you guys, and in your heads, he smiles and says, "So I figured something out." What the fuck? It's a telepathic bond. Wait, your your mouth did your mouth didn't move. No, no, and my mouth, and he's like. He's kind of talking with his hands, but he's like, this is a great way that we can stay quiet. With Travancore's sneaky spell, we can make no sound when we go. If we need to talk amongst ourselves while we're while we're doing negotiations or anything like that, we can do that. We have a private channel, a, a group in which you can talk to me, a group me, if you will. Is this permanent? Is this permanent? You just no, 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 no. It, it, it'll, it'll, you do it, this forever. Bernie no. wants to cast remove curse. <laughs> no, no, no. Hold on, no, no. It's not a curse. Not, don't, don't, don't use the spell. It's not a curse. I can end it whenever. It's just another means by which we can effectively communicate without letting anyone know what we're saying. This is the song that never. I want to turn it off now, please. <laughs> because on and on, my friends. So you can all hear each other. Is that how the spell works? Uh, let me look up telepathic bond and I will read it. Nefertiti, this is going to be for you. All right. 
Prairie's telepathic bond. You forge a telepathic link among eight willing creatures of your choice within range. So I guess you didn't have to opt in. Like a, a pop-up came in. It's like, do you accept these charges? <laughs> is it okay to Collect install? call from Jonathan the Magimuscular. You got like five minutes free though, is what I think it is. It's like your first five minutes, we didn't have to deal with this shit. And we were like, why are you in my brain? As <laughs> uh, uh, psychically linking each creature to all the others for the duration. The duration is an hour. Uh, creatures with intelligence scores of two or less aren't affected by the spell. Until the spell ends, the targets can communicate telepathically through the bond where they have a common, whether or not they have a common language. Uh, communication is possible over any distance, though it can't extend other planes. So, yes, it's an hour. But it could be very useful if we're going into, like, about to meet a noble or going into a dungeon right before we do this and then we can talk among literally talk amongst ourselves avoid any discord if you will i i think to myself and i know this is what jonathan's looking for you think good jonathan good work it's very utilitarian of you i'm not looking for praise i'm looking for us to be more fucking effective that way if we're going in front in front of someone no one is going to say any stupid shit carlton and like as he, as he's saying that he slowly makes his uh, turns his eyes toward carlton and bucks also turns his eyes i don't know what you mean actually i probably do i've done that a lot i i i know what he means like think of it this way carlton you get a chance to practice what you said you can confirm your suspicions that what you said was great or if it needs tweak, you can we can workshop it. Okay, then I will think. Hey guys, come check out the house. You got to see what happened. Okay, <laughs> I'm gonna go follow Carl like I was gonna do before. Yeah. Okay, we're gonna check out just, the house. This is this is another, and I can do it for free. I just need ten minutes. Oh, nice. So I will say <laughs> as you guys uh, step onto the portal and through, it does end because that is considered another, another plane of existence. All right. Yeah. So I, I start looking at them, and I'm, like, thinking. Carlton. And, like, I realize nobody's responding to me. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, uh, I think it's Borked. Anyways. Yeah, it's Borked, Carlton. I know, we, I know we've had a really, I know we had a really, really hard couple, hard day. Uh, it seems like this day has gone on for, like, weeks. But I did something for y'all. So here, follow me. All right, I follow. Is there still a smell? Is there the cobalt smell? Or did I manage to get rid of the cobalt smell? Well, well, you didn't. All you did, did was I rem remove the source that was causing the very bad odor, and or you is did. it still lingering? When you guys enter the house, you find your three modrons standing there. One of them is holding a bleached white skull of a kobold. Uh, everybody, make perception checks because it's been like eight hours at this point. So, nineteen. That's a nine. Bernie's got a lot on her mind. Uh, literally, yes. Uh, Travancore, fifteen. And Jonathan, twenty-one. Jonathan, there's a weird sour smell in the air. You're not sure what it oh. is, but ooh. Uh. You, you think maybe you were walking behind Carlton and he might have let something rip or uh, uh, that does happen. We need to ooh. put a fan like on the on the portal, like just to air this place out. Just just get one of those <laughs> industrial fans and just uh whatever it is. Oh, it's rank. Jonathan remembers that uh, that uh, that Carlton had asked for a skull. It's like. <sighs> they squished my zucchini but that's not why we're here no Follow we're me. gonna bury that how about we bury the honored dead that we didn't All have right. to kill Af yes after i show you this okay and i look at uh who's holding the skull is it piddlesmith 
Miss Pittelschmick is is still holding the skull happily. And I uh, uh, so as everybody starts walking through the basement, I go Pittelschmick, bury it, and I shake my head no while saying bury it. And Pittelschmick holding it goes and then walks out the door. All right, uh, guys, check out the basement. Okay, now you head into the basement unless someone has something, someone has something to show me. The basement is a mimic. You're all eaten and die. No. Okay. Oh. Carlton? What well, do that's, you- hold on. That's not fair. I don't <laughs> I resurrect them. Also, I need to... <laughs> <laughs> you just need a, a diamond worth 500 gold pieces. Uh, as you enter the basement, you see um, it's, it's your standard empty basement that you're used to. There are the two large flail snail shells still sitting in the corner, still also ugh, smelling a little bit. And Carlton, what else do they see? Uh, the Golden Rock foosball table that I have purchased, so that way we can unwind after a long day of adventuring. Chavancore's eyes light up a little bit. It's it's there. It's the old one with the dragons and the, the, the giants. I, I look at Carlton and I say, I call dragons. Fine. I'll be dragon. Uh, wait, wait, giants. <laughs> I'll be dragons! No, Carlton, he called it. Um, But she goes up and she pats him on the thigh and she says, you did good, buddy. You did yeah, good. They, it works out for everybody. He gets a new one. We get the one that we like. And after a long day of adventuring, we can unwind. Because I know it gets stressful sometimes. Yeah, and if we ever lock anyone in here again, at least they have something to do. <laughs> at least they won't be so bored. <laughs> wow. And now, and now Pittleschmix or Alistair and uh, Felix have something to do. They can have a tournament. They're going to get so much better than us. They are. They're gonna be like, godly. we're gonna we're gonna come in here and we're gonna be like, hey, hey, Pittlesmeck, let's play, and it's just gonna be bam, 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 like, <laughs> goal, goal, Rapid goal. Fire. Yeah, we're not gonna stand a chance. You, you you've created monster. I don't know what Skynet is, but you've created it. <laughs> yeah, this is actually the closest this world is ever. Oh my god. Oh my god. We're in dum, the dum, sky. Dum, dum, dum. They're monsters. I saw that play. It was terrifying. <laughs> You've made us happier adventurers and more considerate potential kidnappers. That reminds me, Modrons, line up for inspection. They had followed you on down as you guys were talking about them playing. They had all approached the, the two separate sides and they hadn't actually started to play, but you could see that they're, they're, they were like curiously looking at it. At Travancore's announcement order, they are very quick to once again line up and, and stand at attention. All also, right. they have a really unfair advantage because two of them have more than two arms. Yes. Alright. I'd like to expect the Modrons for any kind of damage. Although at this point, I know that like it's going to be like years before they're going to do anything with them, but I feel like it's a good best demonstrated practice to sort of just look them over in case anything has changed, in case anything's been infiltrated, you know? Just good OPSEC, really, as Jonathan would say. Okay. Actually, I, I am mistaken. Piddleschmick is not with you. It is just the other two. But you do remember him running outside. So it's just the other two at the moment. Uh, go ahead and give me an investigation check. Yay! Detective Travancore gets to investigate. Jack is happy, even if Travancore is feeling kind of glummy. And trying to get back in the look of things. Oh, five. I hate this computer. <laughs> <laughs> and this computer I guess you should die. buy your wife a new one. So, <laughs> maybe. They both look fine. There's now that you've inspected them and kind of gotten really close and up in their gears. Felix has this weird smell to him that it takes a moment for you to to even notice because you're in the basement with this weird smelling flail snail shells. But yeah, he's got a weird smell to him, but they look fine. 
And Pendleschmick is still upstairs and outside, so you'd have to do that separately with him. Yeah, I'll, I'll do it separately at some point. Trappencore, at this point, just chalks it up to the garden and assumes that there was some sort of maneuver or something. Doesn't really dig too deep, because his heart wasn't into this inspection. <laughs> <laughs> you were a little distracted by the lovely foosball table yeah, standing I, there I, ready I, to be played. I, I'm even too sad to do it. I mean, even foosball, foosball notwithstanding, I'm even too sad to do a beer check. Aww. No, I'm sad. <laughs> All right, now that you made the DM sad, what do you want to do? I believe he called dragons. Yeah, yeah, go ahead, way of play. Like, you know, take my mind off of things for a little bit. As you guys line up, uh, give me some dexterity checks. Ooh. We'll, we'll play a quick game, sure. All right. Natural 20. Oh, great. Everybody drink. All right. <laughs> Natural 20, everybody drink. Oh, oh shit, driving on. also got a nat 20. Wow. <laughs> oh, my God. How do we settle this? Most intense foosball game ever. Well, okay, they're both natural 20s, which is absolutely beautiful. With your dexterity modifiers, what do you get, Carlton? I got a 23. Travancore? 24. Oh my god. Bernie and Jonathan. The two of them wander on over and start to play. And you kind of all recognize that, all right, this is just them blowing off steam and Travancore needs like a little bit of lightheartedness. And then the two of them get into it. And you'd forgotten not only how competitive the two of them are, but how good at this they are and five minutes of professional level foosball play go by and where like your jaws are on the floor at some of the trick shots that are happening there's moments in where the modrons are like starting to cheer because they think someone is one and then another person makes this amazing save it goes on long enough that piddleschmick actually comes back down and joins you in this just rapturous moment and at the very last second, Travancore makes this incredible curving shot that looks like it's going to bounce off the wall, but it backspins just enough that it doesn't make it all the way to the wall, but curves around one of Carlton's players to thunk right into the goal. And I'll be like, you know what, bud? We're not going to get any better than this as I like wipe the sweat from my brow. I'm going to call it. You win this round. Thanks, bud. You win this game. Well, we we got to leave on a high note. Even though I lost, this is a high note. <laughs> that was amazing. That's the only time we're going to roll two natural 20s in a row and we used it on foosball. Yeah. <laughs> we did. We did use that on foosball. <laughs> Not against a, tra- a cave dragon, a devil, whatever else we come up against. Foosball. Oh yeah, where was that guy yesterday when I was fighting everyone? Thanks for listening to our adventure. If you've enjoyed our show, visit us at DungeonDrunks.com for links to all of our social media, pictures and bio of our cast, a full list of credits, and more. We'd appreciate it if you left us a review, and we would love it if you come support us on Patreon. Visit Patreon.com slash DungeonDrunks to sign up. Thanks again, and we'll see you next encounter. We appreciate all of our patrons and extend a special thanks to our artifact and wondrous tier patrons. Thank you, Megan, Lori, aka Calamity Jane, That Indian Dude, Michael Lapointe, aka Vazarus, and Hunted Shadows, LLC.